It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Crunch Time Plays. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you're also subscribed to the Crunch Time Plays YouTube channel. And you can follow along the show on social media at Plays Crunch. And you can follow me on social media at Shotgun726. And got a really great show for you today. Kirsten Crow is our guest. She's the host for the Minnesota Wild a hockey team. So we're going to get into a lot of hockey with her as well as some some NFL and NBA and Major League Baseball talk as well. But she recently made her debut as the DJ. As a picture uh, surfaced to her on social media. So we're going to call her DJ K, K. Kroll today. So Kirsten, hope you're doing well and, and thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And I do, I have to say, thank you for the respect to my name as far as the DJ goes because a lot of people I work with, they hate the songs that I pick and music that I like. So it's nice to get a little bit of respect. So I know we were talking before the show, but I know a lot of the people in Minnesota would hate me if I was the DJ because it would just be country music like all night during a game. And I, people would probably just leave the game, honestly, no matter how exciting the game was. Uh, you know, I love country music myself, so I would love to play some of those songs, especially some that are a higher tempo, more upbeat. But as soon as I would play or request a song like that, I'd have 10 people in my ear being like, why? Like, why, why did you do this? And so, you know, you just you can't win them all. You can't. No, you can't. Can't please everybody. That's one thing I learned uh, working for the public is you just, you just can't. Just can't please can't please all of them. There's always going to be somebody mad. Got that right. <laughs> well, I wanted to start with the NFL with you. I know you're a, a Cowboys fan. I wanted to get your. I know you got a lot of thoughts on on Dak Prescott's deal. It's four year, hundred sixty million dollar deal. I know there's a lot of speculation around him uh, after his injury and what Jerry Jones may do with him. He might try to move him or 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 cut him and let somebody else pick him up, but. What do you, what'd you make of the deal, and, and what do you think about D- Dak Prescott staying in Dallas for another few years? First, I do have to say I was one of those people who uh, was on the side of, is Dak worth this much money? I'm not saying that Dallas should go and find another quarterback, but before they paid him the money that he was asking for, I would like to see him win a couple playoff games and actually make a run for it in the postseason, which, you know, he, I think in his career thus far has won a playoff game. Uh, don't quote me on that. But, um, I was on that side where I was like, I think he's asking too much, but my mind did change. The value of the quarterback across the NFL has been going up in recent years. And after he got injured, I mean, if you look at just his stats through those first five games that he played before he got injured, the almost 2000 passing yards that he did have, he was carrying the team. He was the reason that Dallas won those two games that they did before he fell to injury. And the reason he was a huge component too, in the games that even they ended up falling in. And so after 
seeing his performance that he was doing, he was on pace to have his best season ever. Unfortunately, the injury happened. And then Andy Dalton comes in, just seeing how the team continued to fall apart after that. I think a lot of it was they were missing the leadership that Dak also brings to the table. He's got a strong presence, huge leader in that locker room. He has got respect of all of his teammates. Then Andy Dalton comes in. And I know one thing that was a huge concern was when Dalton took that one hit in that one game, he ended up going into concussion protocol. No one, not one of his teammates stood up for him. And so that went to go show the issues going on much further than just on the field within the Cowboys organization. And so even just seeing the work Dak has been putting in, even though he wasn't on the field the majority of this season, he's determined. He's got that mindset. He wants to get out there. He wants to win. Leadership aspect, he's a great player. I don't know if he'll go down as one of the quarterback greats, but I think this is going to be a huge comeback season for him. I think he is the best fit for Dallas, and I think he's going to have that chip on his shoulder heading into the season, maybe some pressure taken off now that he signed this big deal. He's got that security blanket with him, but I do think he's going to have a great season when he comes back this year, and I do agree with the signing. I think after everything I saw this past year with the Cowboys, I'm on board now. Well, you're one for one on the day on stats because Dak Prescott has started only three playoff games, but he has won one of them. So you are – you're one for one on the day. So hopefully you'll keep going with your undefeated streak here on stats that you provide to us. But I hope so too. I was just going off the top of my memory. I was thinking that was right. And I'm just lucky I didn't make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you about uh, the kind of the future of the Cowboys and what, what do you see the needs are as we get close to the draft or only about a month away from it and, and free agency started as well as we're, Recording this on Thursday, the new NFL season did just start yesterday. And what do you what do you think the Cowboys need to address, uh, either through free agency or through the draft? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, you know, I'm just gonna be upfront and say I've been in the hockey sphere for years now, and so I'm not as well versed as I should be in the specifics of the Cowboys. But I do know. Quarterback, that's taken care of. But with Andy Dalton signing with the Bears now after he was released to free agency, they've got to make sure they secure that backup quarterback position. And then, uh, you know, you got Ezekiel Elliott is your running back, your wide receiver position. I think you're good on that as well. But I would like to see a little more security on the offensive line for Dak this year. I think that is a huge thing that they do need to fill. And then as far as defense goes too, filling in some holes that they've got there as well, I think a lot of the key positions for the Cowboys are already filled, but I, you definitely need to continue to fill the gap with that O-line and defense. But I would say the backup quarterback position, maybe have it be a later pick in the draft or you find someone in free agency uh, I don't think that's a huge need to need to find somebody to actually really put your cards in because they're not investing right now in the future for their quarterback after Dak just signed that massive deal. But you're just going to pray and hope Dak doesn't get injured so you don't need a quarterback who's going to take you down the stretch like Dak hopefully is going to. But I would still like to see a little bit 
more security there in that position. Yeah, definitely. The offensive line is always a need for teams when they're trying to protect their their high value quarterback, and especially with how fast defensive linemen are these days in the NFL. It's been really fascinating to watch just how the game has changed. And I know a lot of the the mocks have um, the Cowboys taking uh, some defensive backs, whether it's it's Patrick Sertain or from Alabama, or maybe J.C. Horn from South Carolina, or maybe Kyle Pitts falls to them at 10, the tight end from Florida, but most people view him as a wide receiver. But what do you see on the defensive side of the ball, and, and could either one of those uh, players, Horn or Sertain, address those needs on the back end that the Cowboys have? Well, I think you kind of hit the hammer on the head right there. I think either of those guys would be a great fit in Dallas, and I think just the big part of it, you can go into the draft looking to address those needs with the players you want. And I guess if you don't either move up, trade up in the draft, then sometimes you could fall behind and someone's going to snag them right before you get the opportunity to. But I do think either of those would be a great fit for Dallas as well. I wanted to ask you switching now, switching gears to the, to the state that you do live in now in Minnesota and talk about the twins with you for a second. I know, Major League Baseball is about to start here in a couple weeks with opening day, but they've got some question marks. They've also got some guys back and and got some good pieces in the lineup with Josh Donaldson and and Nelson Cruz and Anderton Simmons and those guys. But what have you seen from the from spring training? If you've gotten a chance to see any of that that you like from the Twins and and what do you think their prospects are of of making the playoffs and possibly making a a run to a World Series this year? Well, the Twins are projected to win the AL Central this year. So I'm hoping that they do. If you look at their team, they've got the offensive weapons. They've got great players, too, that are, you know, in the outfield, in the infield. So I do think those needs that they have, they've been addressed. My biggest concern is pitching and the bullpen. I don't – that has been one of our biggest issues. And – so I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Last season was obviously a big disappointment, losing to the Astros in the playoffs, continuing their 18-year playoff win drought. Usually we lose to the Yankees, and I do see your hat there, and I don't, I don't appreciate the hat at all. We don't like the Yankees here in Minnesota because of our history with them. Astros maybe add them to the list now too after last year and plus everyone just hates the Astros because of their cheating scandal so that just adds even more fuel to the fire but my biggest concern I do see the twins making the postseason but will they break their 18 year win drought in the postseason or are they going to extend it to 19 years I don't know I do hope that they do pick up a win in advance. Obviously, the goal is to win a World Series. We haven't had one since the 90s here in Minnesota. So I'm hopeful. Again, like I mentioned, we got those big names like Nelson Cruz, who signed a new deal, Josh Donaldson. So we've got star players, but pitching is a concern I do have. And also, too, making sure everyone stays healthy. Byron Buxton, We need him to stay healthy. He continues to find ways to get injured, most recently having to go to the dentist after he broke a tooth, eating a steak. So that was just 
another thing that was like, how does this happen to you? Like, how does this happen? We need you on the field. Please just, that guy needs some insurance. We need him. So uh, just everyone needs to stay healthy. We need pitching to be something that is steady this season. And I'm just very hopeful. So I've got, in my defense on the hat, it probably wasn't the best choice to wear today, knowing that I was talking to you, but I try to collect hats from every every stadium that I've been to, and I had a chance to go to, to Yankee Stadium in the summer of, of 2019 when we were there uh, for my mom's birthday trip, but I had a chance to watch them play the Rays, and Masahiro Tanaka did throw a no-hitter in that game, so that was a good, nice game to go to, but... So in my defense, that's where the hat is from today. I'm a, live in South Carolina, so I'm a huge Braves supporter. So I'm, don't don't feel too bad about about me wearing the Yankees hat today. And as far as the steak goes, I'm honestly surprised that I have not broken a tooth on a steak. I mean, I I think I I eat like really fast, and so I'm honestly surprised that that hasn't happened to me. That's one way to tell people you get your steaks cooked well done without saying you get your steaks done well done. <laughs> that seems to be the popular thing on Twitter these days is tell me you're something without telling me that you're so, so without telling me that you're such and such. And that, exactly. And it, so I'm, I think it's safe to say Byron Buxton likes his steaks well done. Well, I definitely we all know medium rare is the way to do it. So I'm a little disappointed especially after having worked at a steakhouse for six years, but I rest my case. Hey, I'm with you on that. Medium rare is the way to go. I look at the people that like theirs well done, and I'm like, what are you even eating? I agree. I I used to get my steak well done when I was growing up because that's the way my mom always cooked them, so it's what I was used to. And then I saw the light, thankfully, and I changed my ways. Well, a team in Minnesota that probably doesn't see the light right now, and that's the Timberwolves. They're struggling a little bit. Um, Anthony Edwards is obviously a, a phenom that they have. They drafted number one this year, and he's throwing down some some monster dunks that I've seen as number one on the reel. But what 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 are the struggles for the Timberwolves, and, and what what do they need to address to be able to to kind of turn the page and be a successful franchise? everything I I don't know this this is the thing I I follow the Timberwolves I haven't made it a thing to really watch their games this season also because I don't get Fox Sports North due to streaming difficulties and them not carrying it on Hulu which is my provider if you will but I think firing their head coach I don't know if that fixes anything. I don't know if that was the right move. I do think sometimes you need just something like that to maybe get a fire under people's seats to get them to see, okay, I need to start performing like I'm expected to do. And so sometimes too, you just need a change. I know a lot of people had a lot of respect for our most recent head coach. I don't know why, but I'm blinking on his name at the moment. I do know who it is. I'm just blinking. But yeah, I I think sometimes you do need a change, whether that was going to be the end-all be-all to fix the Timberwolves problems. I think it goes a lot deeper than that. 
I mean, you look at the roster, they're star players. You mentioned Anthony Edwards. We have D'Angelo Russell. We've got Carl Anthony Towns. Like, you've got the roster, but what's not working? What needs to change? People have said maybe the front office, there needs to be changes there as well. People have said change in ownership. I don't want to see that because if a change in ownership happens, maybe they try to move the team somewhere else. We've had an NBA team moved to California in the Los Angeles Lakers who were formerly in Minnesota. We've had that happen once. We got an NBA team back here. We've got a huge fan base for the NBA. Do I think getting rid of a franchise is the way to solve the issues? Like some people have said, absolutely not. Why would you not want an NBA team in your home state? The fact you're rooting for that is just ridiculous to me. And I've seen a couple people tweet that and it just infuriates me. And so I think the issues within the Timberwolves Obviously, this season has been awful, setting a record for the worst possible record ever. And that's not something that you want to add to the stat sheet. But I I think just the issues within that organization run deep. And I I don't know what the answer is because this has been going on for years. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Ryan Saunders was the the coach that was fired uh, from the Timberwolves this year. Yes, Flip Saunders' son. Yep. And uh, I know a lot of people were were kind of didn't know if Anthony Edwards was the right number one pick. I know a lot of people talked about James Wiseman that went to the Warriors or OMLO Ball that went to the Hornets. And the Hornets are playing uh, really well right now. They're above 500 at this point in the season for the first time in a while. What did you make of the the Anthony Edwards pick? Or do you think that Wiseman or or Ball could have had a greater impact uh, sooner? Well, I mean, you look especially at what Anthony Edwards has been doing recently. I mean, can you root against him right now? He's He's been having himself a season, so I don't think that, you know, there was a reason to maybe go down the route of could somebody else have been better? I know that idea is always in the back of people's heads, but right now he's performing, and I think given the circumstances, he's probably doing as much as he can do. So it, I, I agree. I think he's he's a right fit here in Minnesota. He's doing big things right now, and I continue to see him doing big things. Talking to Kirsten Kroll, she's the Minnesota Wild host. And I wanted to move to the Wild now, which you're an expert in, and they're second in the West right now behind the Las Vegas Knights. And what what have you seen from the Wild so far, and, and how do you think their prospects are? in the playoffs here coming up going forward. I need to set my coffee down for this one. (laughs) First off, what haven't I seen from the wild this season? You've got the best goaltending duo or tandem, excuse me, in the entire national hockey league. You've got Kirill Kaprizov who has been a phenom front runner to win the Calder trophy at the end of the season, which is a whole other debate that people saying he shouldn't get it since he played in the KHL, which You're going to change the rules now. A Minnesota player has not won this maybe ever. Maybe Marion Gabrick did, but you've never, when was the last time you've seen a wild player win the Calder Trophy? You haven't, at least in your recent memory, you haven't, because we just don't get these superstars in Minnesota. You don't see a Kirill Kaprizov every day. He is 
arguably going to go down as one of the greatest players in Minnesota wild history, which I know is crazy to say right now, because he's not even finished with his rookie season in the NHL, but that's just how incredible he's been playing. Just the plays he makes that seem impossible. He finds a way to make something out of it, making just some nasty assists, notably to Matt Zuccarello, who those two just have an unreal chemistry on the ice. They've been such a great pair to have out there. Just you're going to get goals scored when those two are out on the ice. And, you know, we just, there's a lot of depth on this team as well. When you look, Kevin Fiala, another name who really has been lighting it up. Jewel Erickson, heck, he's been having himself a season Unfortunately, Marcus Felino is out right now with injury, but even Felino, look at what he's done. Not only does he bring just a big presence to the ice and brings a lot of energy, but just the plays he's been making. There's so many things that I could name, but some of the big things right away, goaltending, Kirill, and then, you know, coaching has also been a big thing. Dean Evison, he hasn't been afraid to sit players such as Zach Parisi, who has never been scratched in his wild career ever up until recently. And so I think Dean Evison, he's making those bold calls. He's been making the right calls. And I just think it's been an entire team effort thus far. And I do see them making a run in the postseason. I think right now with the wild being, I believe it's still four points back of the Vegas Golden Knights who uh, is just another incredible team that has been finding success, not only this season, but in seasons past as well. How could you root against the wild right now? They've got all, almost all of the pieces. What do you think the NHL needs to do? Being here in the, in the Southeast and South Carolina, we don't hear as much about, about hockey as, as people in kind of the, the North do. I know we have a, a few teams down here with the with the Hurricanes and the Predators and and the Lightning and different teams like that. But it, it seems like that the game of hockey isn't exactly as as recognized down here in the Southeast as as maybe it could be. What do you what do you see as some solutions to maybe kind of growing the game and 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 see? I know one of the reasons you know Southeast we don't get a lot of snow down here and there's not a lot of people associate ice with the the southeast and kind of hockey in general but what do you think we need to do to kind of grow the game of hockey in different areas of the country great question and first I would just like to say I mean you listed a few of the teams down in the south Florida Panthers this season too by the way have been lighting it up I mean you look at the central division defending Stanley Cup champs the Tampa Bay Lightning the Hurricanes who have been strong contenders and are still having themselves a season. Nashville not having as great of a season this year. I think they're on the verge of a complete rebuild, but they even have had success in recent history. So for people to not be paying attention to those teams down there when they have been playing really, really well, it's, it's a little ridiculous to me, but I get it because like you said, it's the South football is the big thing down there. Baseball, hockey, not as much, but I know growing the game, that's a big initiative, not only with the Minnesota wild, but also just around the league. 
And one of the things too, that's an issue that's being addressed is just how can you make the game more inclusive? Because hockey's not a cheap sport to play. The equipment is expensive. And then especially when you're getting your kids started at a young age, they're going to outgrow their equipment. So that is one issue. And I know there's a lot of teams around the league who have been trying to provide equipment to areas around the state. Well, in, I'm speaking at Minnesota's perspective, for example, they've been providing equipment for free, free cost in a partnership with some other organizations as well. And I know teams around the league have been doing this too, but to areas around, for example, the Twin Cities metro area for kids and families who can't really afford the cost and they don't want that to be an issue standing in the way for why a kid either doesn't get started in hockey or doesn't stick with it because they just can't afford it. So that's an issue I think that really is being worked on, that people are acknowledging and making sure that hockey is just accessible to more people. And on the flip side of that too, just more inclusive. There's, and you know, you can get into the statistics behind it as well, but you know, there's other communities as well who just historically are underrepresented in hockey. And I think we're starting to see more inclusion, more diversity across the game, which is incredible. And I think that's just going to be the way we're moving forward. And that's what teams are, again, another thing that they're working towards. And so uh, just more, more inclusivity, with diversity and addressing those equipment needs, I think are two huge components to continue to see the game grow. I definitely agree with you. And hockey kind of, as far as the, how expensive the equipment is, the hockey kind of reminds me of golf as to how, how expensive it is. And um, I'm a huge golfer myself. And I know a lot of people like to have the, the latest and greatest, you know, clubs and equipment to use. And cause they, they think that's going to, you know, make their game better when, when really it's not. And, and I'm guilty of that. I'm, I'm one of those people that, that wants to have the, the latest and greatest thing. But when it's, when Taylor May comes out with a new driver and everybody on the PGA tour is using it, well, I'm like, well, I want to have one of those. And I look at the price and it's $599. And I'm like, come on now, we can do something about this. Yeah, it's not cheap at all. And I'm hoping in the future, you know, maybe I don't know what needs to be done to just address the cost in general, but hopefully moving forward, that's not something standing in people's way to keep them from playing the game. Well, hopefully not. And, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I wanted to also ask you about something while I got you, you fired up about hockey. I wanted to ask you about a couple of the, the rule changes that were made in Major League Baseball and oh boy and the <laughs> no I'm about to open up a can of worms here with you but the rule changes that were in place last year for the COVID season and starting you know with a runner on second base and extra innings and and playing uh, seven innings for double header double headers and different things like that which I like that I'm not exactly a big fan of of guys starting on second base uh, during the extra innings, I think that kind of takes away from the game and kind of destroys America's pastime a little bit because you're you're changing the rules. But what do, what do you make of that? I know you're pretty fired up about it. So 
what what do you make of those decisions to keep those rules around this year? So first, why don't we have the universal designated hitter yet? Because that has been something baseball fans have been wanting to see. They've been asking for. That's the one rule change they've really wanted to see. And Major League Baseball is like, we hear you, but we don't care. Okay, like that's literally the only ask that many people have had from you and you're just not giving it to them. So I would like to see the universal DH. And, you know, the seven inning double headers, I like that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I love baseball, but that's a long day. I'm not going to because sometimes baseball can either be a really quick game or a really long game. I personally, am I going to sit there through two baseball games? No, I will sit there through one. I don't, I don't know. I don't see myself personally watching a doubleheader. I do think the seven innings for doubleheaders, we've seen it in my experience when I was working with a collegiate summer ball team in the Northwoods League they did seven innings for double headers and I just thought it was really nice. And you know, the players too, they get tired too. When you look at it from their perspective. And I think I've not heard any complaints about the seven inning double header, but the runner on second in extra innings, something I have heard talking to people about it, people saying, well, this was implemented in our league first and they did it to try to speed up the game. Well, everyone knows baseball's not, a fast game historically if you don't like baseball don't watch it like if you don't like the pace of the game like then you're not a baseball fan in my opinion and people have said that have worked in minor league baseball when they implemented this there first they said this doesn't even speed up the game if anything it makes it longer because teams are getting runs that they normally wouldn't get so it makes it even longer and so uh, I don't like it I don't like it I just don't fix something that's not broken. I think, you know, what baseball is trying to address why they've been losing fans. I don't think it's because of extra innings. I don't think that at all. I think there's other issues they need to address for why they've been losing fans. So it's, it's just frustrating that the league hasn't been paying attention to the things that fans have openly said they do want to see instated. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with you on the on the universal DH. I mean, I would love to see it myself, and and one of and it and it's affecting these clubs' decisions on on their roster and different things like that. I know the Braves had re-signed Marcelo Zuna because they were hoping that the universal DH would be implemented, and now they're probably not going to have their best outfield there because if you want Marcelo Zuna to be in the lineup every day, you're probably going to have to play him in left field. And historically he's been kind of a liability out there. And, and just seems like to me that, that base, and I agree with you, that baseball's not listening to the people that are enjoying the sport. They're, they're, I don't know what they're trying to be, but you're going to lose a lot of fans. If you're not, if you're not willing to listen to what the people that are actually watching and enjoying your product won't. Yeah, you just said it right there, and I don't think I have anything further to add on that part. Just listen to your fans. Give them what they want, and don't give them what they have explicitly said they don't want. Well, there's no doubt about that. And 
And Kirsten, it's been uh, great having you today. And tell everybody where they can find you on social media. And, and I know you got a, a really great podcast off the record, Sports Talks. So tell everybody where they can access that as well. Yeah, Bennett, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, I'm on all social media, Twitter at Kirsten Kroll, Instagram, Kirsten and Kroll, because somebody took my other handle that I like to use. And then, yeah, the podcasts uh, were on Spotify, iTunes, search at OTR Sports Talk and you'll find us. We're also on YouTube, Off the Record Sports. So that's where that's where you can find me. Well, Kirsten, she does a lot of different things and she does them all exceptionally well. And I'll, next time I have you on, I'll definitely have a better hat for you. And but it, I will say this about Yankee Stadium. It is probably probably the worst stadium I've seen. I wasn't definitely wasn't overly impressed with it. I mean, the the Braves new park, the Truist Park and the definitely the twin. I love the twin stadium more the Yankee Stadium, and I know it has that kind of old historic feel to it, but it just didn't really impress me. Very interesting. I haven't been there myself, but I am a sucker for the historical aspect of things. But you know what? Uh, we don't like the Yankees, so I guess I'm not going to argue too much about that. <laughs> well, we love the the latest and greatest and the new, it seems like, these days. So I guess from that perspective, the Yankee Stadium's not exactly the the best thing since sliced bread, but Kirsten, it's been great having you, and uh, stay safe and well, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Kirsten Krull, Minnesota Wild host. Go follow her on social media. She's a great follow. Go listen to the Off the Record Sports Talk podcast with Kirsten and Alexis Downey. They do a great job over there. It's almost time to get out of here. Thanks so much for checking out Crunch Time Plays today. We've got so many exciting things going on. We got episodes with sports media greats from all across all leagues, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, golf, or NASCAR. We've got everything you could possibly want, sports media members, players, and coaches. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you like. Make sure you're subscribed to the Crunch Time Plays YouTube channel. We're about to post a lot of our older episodes to YouTube. I'm going to start off with episode number eight with Paige Kuhn and then go from Joe Lenardi, Jamie Chadwell, Chris Budden, David Waters, Kelsey Riggs, Lauren Sisler, Hannah Newhouse, Tara Talmadge, Pat Smith, Danny Wexelman, and then Kirsten right here this episode, and then all the other future episodes that we do right here on Crunch Time Plays, the ones that we do over Zoom are going to be posted to YouTube as well. Have a great intro and outro for that. So as soon as we get the intro and outro, we will be posting all of those episodes to YouTube. And I'll put out a post on social media about that. So you're going to want to make sure you're following the show on social media at Plays Crunch and also follow me on social media at Shotgun726. Keep spreading the word. That's the fastest way for us to grow. Keep sharing us on social media. Y'all are doing a great job. Y'all are the best audience. Thank you so much for, for doing that. The ones that have already have been doing it because we are 
are growing by the day. Our numbers are really great. And we're getting the word out about Crunch Time Plays. And we've got some awesome episodes coming up. We've got David Shepard from CBS Sports. We're going to talk NBA. Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports. We're going to talk college football, coaching hires and changes with him. Alex Weaver from NASCAR. We're going to get back into some NASCAR action with her. Just so many exciting episodes coming up right here on Crunch Time Plays. So you're going to want to make sure that you listen to every single one and don't miss a single moment. And we're just so happy to have you on board. And we'll talk to you again next time right here on Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.